war in the expansion region. As the separatists tighten their grip over vital but isolated supply routes, the Republic launches a lightning strike into a remote ghost nebula to control the strategic system of Umbara. Republic forces smash through the separatist blockade in an effort to claim the shadowy world. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar, welcome to the 139th Darkness Imprisoning Me episode of Mandavision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast, hopefully your favorite small, independent Star Wars podcast, but you know, who's keeping score? Remember, the best way to find us is, of course, on social media, we're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram, email the show at MandavisionTom at gmail.com, make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. Uh, and remember, if you have the time and the inclination, five-star reviews, a great way to help support the show, spread the word, and help us defeat the tyranny of the algorithm. Welcome back in. It's Star Wars Clone Wars Rewatch Monday. Maybe. <laughs> that, that's a vague reference. So like, I don't know what day of the week I'm going to release this night right now. You may have gotten an episode of Monday. I'm going to be following up with something different now. I'm going to be mixing it up on you. Who knows? It's a crazy time, because we're, like I said before, we're going to try and blitz through as much of Season 4 as we can, uh, because we got a lot coming up in May. A lot coming up in May, so I'd like to get a lot of Season 4 under our belts before we are just inundated with, with, with the Bad Batch and Kenobi and, and so many other things. So, welcome aboard. We are here for a big, big section of episodes. Uh, we, we are here for the uh, a four-part series taking place on Umbara, having to deal with... Uh, Jedi Master, Je- excuse me, Jedi General Master Krell, and woo, the, the there's so much in these four episodes to get into. It's, it's very clone centric, which means it's definitely one of my favorite arcs on the series. I'm really excited to get into this and talk to you about this with all you guys because it is so clone centric, and and the clones to me are such a fascinating aspect of the Clone Wars series. You know, I, I, it's very easy to focus on. Anakin and Obi-Wan and Padme and, and the whole Jedi versus Sith aspect of the Clone Wars and, and what's going on, which is, don't get me wrong, infinitely fascinating. But if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know you know sort of my thoughts on on the clones and why they are such a um, um, misunderstood resource of the Republic and, and, and how just the fact that the Jedi are leading this clone army 
it basically ensures their own downfall. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that as, as, as the series goes on, as, as we progress into these things. Uh, but we don't have to get into that right now because, we, we, again, we are so, so loaded with stuff to talk about in, the, in, in this four-part series. Now, I'm going to give you a little heads up. We're going to talk a lot about, uh, before we dive into the episode, we're going to talk, we're, we're going to set the table here to talk about Umbara and, and its sort of importance, its significance, and why, how its, its uh, current circumstance in these four episodes has come to be based off of another episode back in, in earlier in the Clone Wars run. And, and next show, we will spend a lot of time talking about, about General Krell, uh, Jedi General Krell. And, and again, a fascinating character, uh, one that I think we can spend a lot of time talking about. But for the first three episodes in particular, uh, our, we have a very specific point of view of what Krell is, of what we think he is as pertaining to the, to the clone troopers. Uh, and that all changes very dramatically by the fourth episode, uh, as you all may recall. And if you don't, we'll get, we'll get there, we'll, we will get there, and I won't, I won't spoil anything just yet. <laughs> so, so this is a, an arc where you may want to get a little bit ahead of us uh, as far as as that as that goes, just make sure I don't mess up and and and, and spoils like the big the big moment at, in the in the fourth episode of the show. But again, it, it, again, this is rewatched, so I think we've all been here before. We've all uh, sort of part, put it all together. I, I did I did sort of initially forget what was going on with Krell until about halfway through the episode. I was like, oh yeah 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 yeah. So it's understandable. At least, at least, I hope it's understandable. I mean, it's, it's been about ten years for me since I've watched these, so I don't know if you all feel the same. Because maybe you you've watched them a lot, a lot more recently than I have, and uh, in that case, you're like, "Come on, you dodo bird, put it together." <laughs> so, so today, this first episode, let's let's talk a little bit about about Umbara. All right, uh, it is a planet shrouded in darkness. It is in the expansion region of space in the Ghost Nebula sector, uh, and it is again. Oh, and it's and let me. Its primary trade route is the Great Kashyyyk branch. It is a breathable atmosphere, but you, as you see in this episode, the troopers uh, are wearing a certain uh, like like these helmeted suits around them that emit like a certain kind of uh, uh, gas when it's broken, as we see in the episode. Uh, I think we will get to it further into the arc of what's going on with that suit, and it's basically like a like a like a drug that they've they've put together for their soldiers. You breathe this in, and it makes you fight longer, harder, faster uh, than your opponents. And that's partially due to Umbara's sort of seclusion. Uh, it's in this, in this ghost nebula. It's, it's kind of off the beaten path for, for, uh, for the Republic, right? Uh, so they've developed technologies in very, very different ways. But it's, it's, a lot of it has to do with the fact that the planet's shrouded in darkness. And, and so they've, and being so isolated, they have not been exposed to as much of the similar technologies as you see throughout the remainder of the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, there's a couple of native uh, of species of flora and fauna that we should talk about uh, that you're going to see in this episode. Uh, in the flora category, you'll see the Death's Embrace and the Zabrik Spine. These are the two main plant features you'll see. The Zabrik Spine are the ones that sort of like the red, the red tinting on them and look spiny. Uh, the two creatures we'll see in this are the Banshee, uh, which are the flying ones that attack some of the clones that way. They have a very a bioluminescent thing going on with them. And the Vixis, which is uh, sort of like a, um, uh, it's like a junior, a junior sarlacc, if you will. Uh, it, it's a man-eating plant, basically, but uh, there is a, a, a sort of visual similarity to the sarlacc in a way. Uh, oh, and the major export of Umbara, why it's so important to the Republic, is that it's it's it exports dunium, which is 
the the major material used in building starships, uh, specifically the capital ships that the of the Republic. So they're kind of a big deal. Their their resources are are very valuable to the Republic and later on to the Empire. Uh, but how do we get to this situation where the where the Umbarans have have become part of the separatists? How they the separatists have, have uh, tried to blockade the planet so the Republic can't get there? Well, that goes back to another episode that we covered. I think it's back in season two, uh, the the Senate murders episode of the show where we get to witness the death of the Umbaran ambassador uh, Medici Medici is his name uh, he dies he gets murdered by a aide of a republic senator who's got a little conspiracy going on of her own uh, and that death is what prompts the Umbarans to withdraw from the republic and side with the separatists they don't really go out of their way to explain that in this first episode and I don't I don't as as I watch through the the, the, the next three episodes, I'll, I'll find out if they mention that if they even bring it up again. But that is an important little nugget. And and remember, so we we have met an Umbaran before, Medici, who is formerly the ambassador of the Umbarans to the Republic, who was murdered. You might remember he was also kind of teamed up with the the Kaminoan ambassador, and and they were trying to get the the, the clone army funding expanded. They were they were kind of war profiteering, if you will, because because the Umbarans are developing uh, cool technologies, so why not be able to sell them, right? And all the, obviously they're exporting dunium, so that's a big deal too. Massive exporting of dunium because they need all those capital ships. So that's what kind of prompts this this blockade run, this big attack on Umbara to bring them back to the Republic to to take them from the separatists. It's, it's a vital planet in that regard. Um, this episode, let's kind of get into our particulars, all right? Uh, in case I didn't mention it already, we are on Season 4, Episode 7, Darkness on Umbara. The original air date was October 28th, 2011, and uh, the, the episode is just directed out of his mind. This, this episode is, is phenomenal to look at. Directed by Stuart Lee, who's directed so many, many episodes, and written by Matt Mischewitz, who, again, has written so many, many great, uh, the great episodes. Um... But this is a, an insanely action-packed episode. I really think Stuart Lee goes above and beyond in this one. This is this is a really uh, intense series of episodes here. Not not just this first opening one, but but the next bunch of episodes are all the same way. The action's intense. It's insane. It's almost nonstop. Uh, just when you think the clones are going to get a moment to catch their breath and breathe, something attacks them. Uh, Umbar is a very hostile world. Even without the the the, the Umbarans themselves attacking, like the planet itself is very hostile, very aggressive. Uh, so the clones have to stay on their toes. Let's go ahead and read our plot, all right? During an assault on the shadowy world of Umbara, General Skywalker is called back to Coruscant. He has to relinqu relinquish command of the 501st Legion to legendary Jedi Master Krell, who turns out to have low opinion of clones. And we see that right off the bat. He never addresses the clones by their names, refers to them only by their numbers, uh, sort of reduces them as, as individuals, right? He, he sort of just sees them as tools. And, and sort of tools that are that are to be disposed of once you're done with them, uh, and and it, it's it's a very cold uh, methodology for for a Jedi general. And now apparently he has a reputation, and we'll, we'll see. We'll probably hear the clones talking about that in a clip that we'll play a little bit later on, uh, for for being a, 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 a for getting results. Uh, but as we see in this episode, it it comes at a high cost of the lives of clones, which he does not value very very highly. 
uh, our cast this week. Uh, so much credit in, in these, these four episodes to D. Bradley Baker as the Clone Troopers. Uh, Dave Fenoy as Pong Krell. Uh, he does a fantastic job as well. And a shout-out because he's a, a Silver Spring native. Uh, so shout-out, Maryland. All my East Coast friends, you know what's up. <laughs> Matt Lanter is Anakin Skywalker. James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Tom Kane is our narrator. Uh, our Jedi Fortune Cookie this week. The first steps towards loyalty is trust. And that's what we see a lot of in this episode. The, the clones questioning the decisions that Krell is, 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 is doing. He's changing the battle plans of Anakin Skywalker, a, a, a general that these clones have grown to trust immeasurably over the years, over the duration of the Clone Wars. The 501st is insanely loyal to Anakin Skywalker uh, because he should have a propensity to uh, uh, have inventive battle plans that minimize casualties. And this Krell is the opposite. He may be effective, but it doesn't matter how many clones he dies to achieve his goals. Which, again, I, I feel like that would be a red flag to the, to the Jedi's to other Jedi out there that, uh, hey, hey, maybe maybe we should talk to Krell about like not wasting so many clones so so easily. My goodness. Which, that's actually something, if you if you are an old fan of the old school EU uh, and you go back to the Karen, Karen Travis novels, there is a section in one of the books, I can't remember which one it was in particular, but they reference back to the Clone Wars and how uh, there were a lot of Jedi generals who were not very good generals and got a lot of clones needlessly killed. And, and that's sort of what we see from Krell in, in, this, in this arc here. But we'll find out we'll find out Krell's motivations for these things and his, his sort of a twisted train of thought later on. All right, I think we're all set. I don't think there's anything else to get into. So you know what that means. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Masters Krell and Tin will be supporting my troops in the south while Anakin's battalion comes in from the north and takes out enemy reinforcements. It is imperative that we conquer the capital city as quickly as possible and hold it. Our biggest problem is going to be the local militia. The Umbarans have aligned themselves with the Separatists and are heavily armed. Our Trooper Fives will be assisting my units on special assignment. Ready to do my part, General Skywalker. Nice to have you on board. Just like old times, Rex. Remember, Anakin, Cody and I will be 12 clicks to your south. We're counting on you to take out those local fighters, or I'm afraid the capital will never surrender. <sighs> Does my battalion have to do everything? You seem to always volunteer. One of the things I failed to mention, actually, with, with this episode is actually it's also the return of Fives, the Arc Trooper Fives, who we, uh, we all got to meet so well. Uh, you know, I, gosh, I guess I was in Season 3, right? Maybe even back to Season 2. So so we get a lot, of, again, we get a good, nice convergence of, of clones that we've met before and, and our long-standing friends like Rex and the other members of the 501st. So the episode opens... With that staging meeting between Kenobi and Anakin and and the and Cody Rex and the rest of the battalions, right? They're laying out the game plan. We know what the game plan is now as an audience, and now we get to see the the Republic forces begin to try and land on Umbara. And what we see is is I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier. It's a very war centric episode of the show. So much action in this, and we get to it right from the start. You know, as soon as they enter the atmosphere. The Republic forces have a lot of trouble making their landing zones. Uh, the darkness of the planet, uh, those the sort of conditions of the planet, uh, make it really, really hard for them to hit their their landing zone targets. And w one of the things I sort of wondered was, and again, I don't, I don't know the, quite the, what the functionality is of the Republic landing ships, but it seemed like a really bad idea when you're trying to insert your forces into enemy territory to be flying with such big bright lights on your ship. 
seemed like it made it really easy for the for the Umbarans to target them with their ground to air defenses. And you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know. It's it's a cool visual though. It looks great on the screen. The action, like I said, the action's off the charts in this one. Really, really well directed by by Stuart Lee. And again, we are we are really immersed in the war. I mean, like the first five ish minutes of this episode it might even be six or seven minutes of this episode uh, are very war centric. You know, we're hearing the clones uh, yelling at each other and, 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 you know, attempting to get each other psyched up for a charge against the Umbarans. And we hear clones screaming as they're dying and uh, ships are exploding around them and, and they're, they're, their ATRTs exploding around them. Uh, it's, it's just really, really intense and, and so much, visual stuff to take away from it. We talked about the plant life of Umbara, and we get to see that spring into action. You know, the, the one I mentioned before, the Vixus, with that, that sort of Sarlacc-esque aspect to it. Uh, it's just it's it's just really, really, really well done. And and if you if you thought, like, the two episodes you had before this with the focus on the droids uh, took us out of the Clone Wars for a little bit, uh, you are thrown back into the deep end really, really quickly on this one. And, and the, the again, the intensity... In this, for I mean, what well, at the time was a show airing on the Cartoon Network, uh, kind of sort of aimed to a younger audience. Um, this is intense stuff. Like this is like whoa, this is uh, this is pretty crazy what we're seeing right here on the screen. I mean, again, clone troopers screaming as they're dying on the on the screen. It's it's bananas, and we're seeing them Barnes getting shot in the face and, and all kinds of stuff. It's it's great action, great uh, intensity, which I think is is. Uh, Something that's really understated on, on, or not even not talked about enough, I should say, with Star Wars: The Clone Wars is the level of intensity some of these 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 uh, war scenes have to them, uh, and this this arc is full of them. So so to spe- uh, pay special attention when you're rewatching these, and uh, I think you'll I think you'll I think you'll agree with me on that. All right, so eventually we do get to a point where uh, the clone troopers have advanced far enough, and General Skywalker is gonna is gonna make some 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 leadership choices. And uh, yeah, let's check in with with our with our heroes and and see what's what at this one of these rare moments where the clones can catch their breath. General Kenobi's battalion, sir. They're pushing towards the capital. We'll need to move out as soon as the men are ready. All platoons have reported in, General. Get some rest. Thank you, sir. I'm fine. The general's giving you an order, Dogma. Of course, sir. He's well tight, but uh, he's loyal. All right, so another element we should talk about here as I interrupt the conversation uh, is this is the first episode of the Star Wars of Clone Wars where we start seeing the Gen 2 clones. Uh, you'll notice the slightly different helmets. The, the chin straps are a little bit different, uh, and, and the visors are a little bit different. So we're starting to see that this war is going on for a while now. The next wave of clones are, are, are mixing in with the, the Gen 1 clones, and... It's not that they don't get they don't get along, but you'll see that there's sort of like the there is a difference between the clones now that you'll you'll see uh, very very easily. And I mean, and not just the one, the differences that we've seen in the past, but I mean just in in sort of like the green around the ears sort of sense, you know, like you have the veterans like like Fives, like Rex, like Cody, and, and so many of the others that we've known for so long, and now you start seeing newer clones who who. Uh, are getting their first taste of the action, you know, new to the 501st and things like that. As a as as the Republic struggles to replenish its its army in in this war that's just dragging out forever and ever and ever. All right, let's get back to the conversation. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of you. Maybe back in the day. 
See what I mean? So what happens next is the Umbarans circle around behind our heroes on the ridge and stage the next wave of their attack, driving our heroes off the ridge. And again, it, many, many more clones are lost in, the, in this attack, this sneak attack here. Uh, and they have like this crazy little, um, I don't even know what to call it. its I, I think it was a machine. It looked like some kind of technological device. It looked like a bug scurried around and electrocuted the crap out of a bunch of clones and killed them. Uh, but the, yeah, then it stages the next wave of the attack. Eventually, Anakin is able to call in for an airstrike and our good friend uh, Oddball, you remember Oddball, come on. He drops some, he drops some bombs from his Y-Wing and, and gets our heroes another uh, respite from the un unrelenting attack of the Umbarans. And it's at this moment that uh, we get our first look at General Krell as he's going to make his appearance here. Now, just some, some kind of general stuff about General Pong Krell. Uh, he is a basilisk, so that means he has four arms. And one of the things I sort of like about his, his look and sort of like the way he carries himself uh, is that he keeps two of those four arms kind of, you know, held behind him, like you'd see from a, a lot of, like, other military personnel. But because he has two other arms, they're swinging from the fronts and stuff like that, which also means, uh, as a Jedi, he has two lightsabers, one for each hand, except they're also double-bladed. So uh, Krell means serious business when he breaks out those two double-bladed lightsabers. Uh, and let's go ahead and meet him as he breaks some news to Anakin that Anakin is not keen about. General Krell's here? Something big must be going on. Master Krell, my thanks for the air support. Indeed, General Skywalker. The locals have proven to be more resourceful than we anticipated. But that's not the reason for your visit. No. The Council has ordered you back to Coruscant, effective immediately. What? Why? I'm afraid a request was made by the Supreme Chancellor, and the Council obliged. That is all they would tell me. I, I can't just leave my men. I'll be taking over in the interim. Don't worry about a thing, sir. We'll have this city under Republic control by the time you're back. Master Krell, this is Rex, my first in command. You won't find a finer or more loyal trooper anywhere. Good to hear that. I wish you well, Skywalker. So that's not so bad. Krell seems all right, doesn't he? Uh, and then this happens. Your reputation precedes you, General. It is an honor to be serving you. I find it very interesting, Captain, that you are able to recognize the value of honor for a clone. Stand at attention when I address you. Your flattery is duly noted, but it will not be rewarded. There's a reason my command is so effective, and it's because I do things by the book, and that includes protocol. Have all platoons ready to move out immediately. That is all. Oof. So, Krell, Stickler. Don't think that's going to play really well with the troops, but, you know, they're the clones. They're, they're going to follow orders. They're going to do their jobs. But we will, as we will see in this next section, uh, we have to begin to wonder, like, maybe for how long? <laughs> so on the march with the clones, uh, and, and, and Krell showing again his sort of lack of patience with them very, very quickly. Let's check out this sequence, too. <laughs> Quicken that pace, Battalion! This isn't some training course on Camino. Alright, now here's where some clones have a little... Con Rex, and I think that's... Hmm, is that Fives or Hondo? I can't quite tell at the moment. But they're going about to have a conversation with, about the new general. And Rex is trying to defend him a little bit here. He's trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but let's see how much longer that's going to last for. The uh, new 
general has a way with words. He's just trying to keep us on schedule by raising everyone's ire. Either way, he's in charge and we've got a job to do. Just treat him with respect and we'll all get along fine. Do you see that? All right, so this is the next attack. And again, it's one that doesn't go... Uh, it, it, it doesn't go well for our, our, our heroes, our clone troopers, uh, as, as more of the local... Uh, species of the planet again again umbara a hostile world without the umbarans firing at them as there's a lot of predator species on the planet and we're, we're about to meet another two of them uh, uh and again you'll notice the bioluminescence emanating from them uh, world darkness so that makes a ton of sense for these hunters to be able to ha have some sort of light source of their own uh but the Corel's reaction to this encounter uh is interesting and uh, fairly unkind as, as he seems to blame the clones for this delay as if it could have been avoided and yeah I just want to play his reaction for you real quick oh and Krell's the one who has to spring into action to sort of end the conflict with, the, with these uh, native creatures here so he's rather irritated by it all anyone else want to stop and play with the animals didn't think so now keep moving! He's such a grouch. He's a grouchy guy. Alright, let's move to the next section of the episode. Because again, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, this is going to be one of those main divisions where I play a big chunk of the episode. Because we're setting up so much stuff and there's so much uh, inherent conflict uh, in this episode that it, it, it bears uh, further examination and discussion. So let's, let's hear General Krell's reaction when Rex suggests that maybe after 12 hours on the march, it's time for a little breather. Uh, and, and sort of the, the response, the hostility from Krell, and, again, the way he now refers to Rex by his number. Sir, we've been keeping this pace for 12 hours now. The men are getting worn down. We should rest. General Krell, the top of this ridge will make a good place for the men to make camp. The men don't need rest. They need the resolve to complete the task at hand. But, sir... CT-7567, are you reading me? Excuse me, sir? I ask you a question, CT-7567. Do you understand the need to adhere to my strategy? Sir, the terrain is extremely hostile. Despite the difficulty of the conditions, the battalion is making good time. These men just need a little break. Captain, do I need to remind you of this battalion's strategic mission in conquering this planet? Look back. See those platoons? Their mission is to take this city and take it swiftly. Time and rest are luxuries the Republic cannot afford. We are the key to this invasion. The other battalions are counting on our support. If we fail, everyone fails. Do you understand this? Do all of you understand this? Now move on. So at this point, you have to be asking yourself, why? Is Krell doing this? Why is he so hostile towards the clones? Especially for a Jedi, you know, as, as, as a being who's supposed to cherish life and and uh, all the life that the Force has provided to the galaxy, right? And, and we know this from the very first episode in the very first season of the show. Yoda has talked about this in that episode, how each of these clones has a presence in the Force. They are a living life form. They are a, a, an actual real-life being. And to see Krell treat, uh, treat them as these disposable tools 
you kind of have to scratch your head and be like, what kind of Jedi is this guy? That that you know the mission is the priority. The mission comes first. Like this is something you would see, expect to see out of somebody like maybe like a, like a, like a Tarkin, or or, or a, a human so results driven that uh, the 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 lives of the soldiers are are you know the sacrifice that is necessary to achieve the desired victory or the desired outcome of the mission parameters and the mission objectives. Uh, but to see a Jedi doing this is 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 very is very alarming right I, I think right now like so many red flags are going off for all of us as as viewers that we have to wonder about what what is Krell's you know objective here like what is his understanding are we going to get more into his uh, psychology as far as why does he view the clones in this way that it's so uh, uh one 160 degrees from basically every other jedi that we've encountered thus far uh who seems to at least at the very least respect the clones as another form of life uh, but but crowd just sees him as as a as a tool as as a weapon as something to be pointed at the enemy, uh, and uh, we won't go too far down the rabbit hole on that because we got we got a lot to talk about with Krell in, in in future episodes. So, but I, I but I think at the audience at this point we're just like we're just wondering what is up with this guy? What's his deal? Why is he such a butt to, to the clones? Uh, and now he's about to be even more of a grouch and a uh, uh, um, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> The words I want to use, I can't. So, but he's being a real pill, and and now that the clones are in position to implement General Skywalker's plan, uh, Krell's about to hit them with another piece of uh, bad news. So let's check this out. Sir, we're ready to bring our forward platoons in for a surgical strike on the city's defenses. There won't be any need, Captain. Sir, all platoons will execute a forward assault along the main route to the city. But, sir, General Skywalker's plan was to surprise them with multiple attacks. If we come in from the main route, they're likely to engage us in a full frontal assault. Change of plans, Captain. I'm in command now. With all due respect, General, we don't know what we are up against. It might be wiser to think first. Are you questioning my order? This battalion will take the main road straight to the capital. You will not stop, and you will not turn back regardless of the resistance you meet. We will attack them with all our troops, not some sneak attack with a few men. That is my order, and you will follow it explicitly. Do I make myself clear, CT-7567? Yes, General. Now engage! I mean, I'm no military strategist or uh, uh, tactician, but it seems like a bad plan. Seems like a bad plan from my point of view, and if I think it's a bad plan, then it's got to be a bad plan. Uh, and and uh, the clones are, are probably not too stoked on this this full frontal assault idea. The Umbarans have put up a ton of, of resistance. They have they have made a sizable dent into the, into the five hundred first battalion, and and that's not even counting what the, what the the uh, uh, the hostile flora and fauna of the planet have done to to the clone army. Uh, it, it just seems like a really bad decision, and we have to sort of, again, we have to ask ourselves, what is Krell's objective here? Why is he doing things this way? And, and again, we'll get there. We will get there. Don't worry. But let's find the next interesting section of, of this episode to talk about. Okay, so our clones are on the main road into the city, into the capital of Umbara. And uh, we get to hear now, we get a peek inside the... The, the the 501st, as, as we hear the clones discuss their plans, the the, the, the general's battle plan, and uh, their sort of lack of faith in it. Uh, it'll be interesting. It, make sure to note the newer members of the 501st, you know, that second generation clone trooper that we talked about. Is, 
they're the ones that are a bit more gung-ho for for the action uh, and and our, our war weary vets are the ones who are like this is a bad plan and bad things are about to happen uh, but it's a really interesting sequence as the clones have this discussion amongst themselves so why aren't we sticking to the original plan and probing the city defenses first we can do this let's take them yeah leave it to Hardcase to dive in head first the general's new plan is reckless you ever think that maybe the general knows what he is doing I know you think this is a bad idea. I raised my objection to General Krell's plan, but he didn't agree. So, this is it. But what if he's wrong? Then what? This isn't the time for a debate. Right now we have to stay alert. And this is when we find out that the Umbarans have mined the main road into the city, and uh, many clone troopers begin to die from these mines. It is, uh, again, rather horrific, the explosions and the screams that we hear as, as these clones are getting killed. So they go out to sweep the mines, and they're able to get around those, but that's when the Umbarns launch the next wave of their attack to defend the capital city. Uh, Rex's forces are quickly outnumbered, and they begin to fall back. This does not make General Krell a happy individual. He has to send in another wave of troops to, to rescue Rex and his forces. Uh, and as they fall back, they're able to gain a little bit of ground and, and sort of stop the bleeding as it, as it is. Uh, but again, Krell not happy with the way Rex is leading the army thus far, and he's about to give it to Rex. CT-7567, do you have a malfunction in your design? You've pulled your forces back from taking the capital city. The enemy now has control of this route. This entire operation has been compromised because of your failure. General Krell, in case you haven't noticed, Captain Rex just saved this platoon. Surely you won't fail to recognize that. Arc 5555, stand down. Okay, so that's intense right there as Krell pulls a lightsaber on fives. Like, that's kind of bananas, right? Like, we've not seen a Jedi do that move against a clone trooper ever. Sir, yes, sir. Sir, if I may address your accusation, I followed your orders, even in the face of a plan. That was, in my opinion, severely flawed. A plan that cost us men. Not clones. Men! As sure as it is my duty to remain loyal to your command, I also have another duty to protect those men. You have a spark of tenacity, Captain. I'll give you that. I know that I don't command like the Jedi you're used to serving. Certainly not like General Skywalker. But I have my way. It may be difficult, but these are difficult times, and it's proven effective. I suppose your loyalty to your men is to be commended. They seem to admire this. That's important to an effective commander. All right, Captain Rex. Your opinion has been noted. Dismissed. Is that good, or is that a bad thing? <laughs> it's an interesting moment as Krell seems to come to some sort of reluctant understanding of Rex and who he is. But is there more to it than we're being led to believe thus far? That's the real question. Let's go ahead and finish this one out. I think he almost complimented you. <sighs> It's hard to tell. Incoming! Get down! 
Barros must have regrouped for a counterattack. Everyone, we must hold this position! You think General Krell still intends on taking the capital using this strategy? I don't know. I'll get back to you on that if we survive this battle. Boom. And that is it. And that is how the episode ends in the middle of a battle. An incredible action sequence in, in an incredibly action-packed episode. One of the most war-heavy episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars thus far. It's nine buckets, without a question. I might even go nine and a half. This is great stuff. Um, and, and there's so much more to come. Again, just the, the opening salvo in a, in a huge four-part episode of, of the series. and One of the big main arcs for season four of Star Wars The Clone Wars. And again, an episode that really... Uh, 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 highlights the, the clone troopers themselves, uh, which we haven't seen much of in, in thus, thus far in season four. And, and so it's really, really nice to kind of get more of their perspective on the battle, their perspective of their generals who are leading them. And again, sort of like making that distinction that the clones are individuals, they are men, they are, uh, uh, you know, people. They are not tools, they are not pawns, they are, they are not, uh, uh, to be disposed of so readily. But again, sort of underlining some of the, one of the recurring themes of, that I have as we discuss the show is that the Republic's down, the Jedi's downfall with the Republic was basically ensured when they supported and employed the use of a slave army, which again, were these clones, they were, they were created and bred for battle, but were they given a choice? No, they were not. Uh, which is where I come from with that perspective. And maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, but but by and large, I mean, this is sort of like the, the shroud of the dark side that, that Palpatine threw over the Jedi without them even being aware of it, without them thinking of the moral consequences of doing this, thus ensuring their ultimate failure. Uh, love this episode. I love the, the, the Umbura, Umbura, excuse me, the Umbara arc. And, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun over the remaining three episodes of the series, uh, be, uh, of this arc, I should say. Uh, because it's it's just dynamite. It's some of the it's some of the, the finest Star Wars: The Clone Wars storytelling uh, that we'll see for this season, and that, that we'll see thus far. Like this is an episode that really raises the bar for future episodes and future seasons. And again, we and don't get me wrong. Remember how if you remember how season four ends, you know we get to some really really high profile prolific stuff. Uh, so so good lord, stay tuned for everything we have coming up. In season four, my goodness gracious, it doesn't get much better than than season. Well, I shouldn't say that because each season seems to get a little bit better and better and better. But this is a huge arc. So much good stuff in this. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I hope I'm so glad you all are here for me, to listen to me talk about it. All right. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say about this first episode without giving too much away. Because again, we you know we're going to talk more about Krell in each of the subsequent episodes. Is he still a big part? of what's going to happen here with the, with the 501st and uh, the taking of Ambara. So I think with that being said, we just have to look forward to the next episode, which, again, we will focus more on Corell. We will have a conversation about him uh, as, as, a, as a basilisk uh, and, and, and a little bit more on his background, talk a little bit more about what's going on with him after as we get into the second episode. And, uh, yeah, so stay tuned. It's going to be a fun one. And maybe it's coming out more than once a week at this point. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, let's go ahead and thank the official Mandovision Maniacs, which you can become over at patreon.com forward slash Mandovision. You can join the, uh, excuse me, join the Maniacs and gain access to sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the head Maniacs themselves, the Aspen Hill Chody, 
the Batman of Bayho, Jeff Nail, Jeff's co-host in the Ring and Ear, a great music podcast, so check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, excuse me, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pride Brewing Company here in San Diego, California, and Baltimore, Maryland, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, the Silent Assassin, he who should not be named, and Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On, It's Still Good, a great movie-centric podcast if you're into that sort of thing, which I'm sure you are because we're all cool people. We get these things. Uh, that being said, uh, another reminder, Mando, at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter, Instagram, email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. We'll be back very soon for part two of the Umbara arc, and get ready for that one. Ooh, baby. It's going to be a fun one. I'll talk to you all soon. Let's get out of here. Be awesome. Be rad. And uh, take care of each other, all right? Especially on the internet where uh, the negativity is just overwhelming sometimes. But we stay positive. We stay to the light. And, uh, yeah, because, hey, it's uh, we. It means it's springtime. Spring's coming. Let's all get tans. <laughs> light side of the force. Let's do it. Uh, that was dumb. I'm going to get out of here. I gotta, it's, my, my bucket's not getting enough air right now. So my apologies. Uh, but so let's get out of here. You know that means we have to end the podcast, and that can only happen one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I would like to see the baby.